Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Welcome on in. I am Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we are so excited to have you with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our local and live morning show. Cam Clutter, as always, is our barista. And joining us today in the cafe will be Maggie Wright, as well as her husband, Deacon Eric Wright. Both of them are members of the pastoral team at St. Francis. So, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Amanda. Good day, huh? It is a good day. Yeah. Gaudete. Gaudete. <laughs> um, let's pray. <laughs> you want me to pray? Yes, please. All right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for this morning together. Mm, we just uh, really look forward to being with you today and uh, just sharing our love for you with others. We ask for your blessing over uh, the cafe, for all those that are listening to us. Pray especially this morning for those that are um, most here, most need to hear about you and to know you better. So help us to uh, be your face to all those that we encounter today. We ask for your blessing especially over the rights and the St. Francis de Sales community in Newark that. Uh, that they have the boldness and the perseverance to uh, to bring more people to you. So, Father, we ask uh, to bring these prayers to you in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray especially uh, for the intercession of our Blessed Mother, St. Ambrose. Pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. Today is an Ambrosian feast day. St. Ambrose. Should we have ambrosia salad? <laughs> I don't know if we Are can get it delivered fan? at this point. Yeah, is that the with the marshmallows oh, and stuff? Oh, I used stuff? to make it all the time. It was like my tradition for Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. I would, I, my grandmother used to I make was, it. I knew there's a grandmother yes. involved because yes. I attach that to a grandmother's <laughs> recipe. Yeah. And then in later years, I just kind of <laughs> started taking on. and. There you go. In later years again. <laughs> You know, that means... I've had somewhat of a life, Dave. Just because I'm younger than you doesn't mean I have a concept of my younger life. <laughs> or a memory of your younger life. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry, I digressed. Um, ambrosia salad has mushrooms and like those little no. pieces of orange. Why would you put mushrooms in your orange jello? I'm sorry, not mushrooms. What am I saying? Mu marshmallows. Marshmallows, yeah. So, That's a big difference. <laughs> so a huge difference. If, if you're making one today, don't put mushrooms. Sorry, back in it. up. Don't use mushrooms. Marshmallows. Marshmallows. Yeah. yeah. Somebody does just dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> they were going to. They were going to be making ish. it, and they're like, "Well, this is how the cafe said to make it." So. Oh man. <laughs> then the we would calls. get calls. <laughs> <laughs> so marshmallows, little. Yeah, mandarin oranges. Mandarins, yeah, yeah Jello, <laughs> all the good stuff. Purple onion. Mm, maybe not. No, no. All right. <laughs> Yesterday we had mentioned an Advent Spotify yeah. uh, playlist. Did you check it out? Yes, and that's what I wanted to clarify. Um, man, the more I talk, the more clarifications we have to make. You know, the <laughs> next day. So 
It's called Advent 2023. Uh-huh. And who would have thought there might be more than one Advent 2023 playlist well, on Spotify? That's a great sign. It is. It Actually, it is. There it you are. It's difficult to find it. Seeing but... the positive things in all of this. <laughs> but I just want to make sure if we're giving the St. Gabriel Cafe stamp of approval. Correct. Yeah. That we direct our friends to the right playlist. Right. What would be the best way to find it? Nicole Simmental. Okay. She made it. Mm-hmm. We endorse it. So. Are there several? Will it take a while to find it or? I think you can search right under Nicole Simmental. Oh, great. Yeah, you can just search her name in Spotify. It works great. There you go. This internet, the, the, I mean, I mean. This thing is so cool with the searches and yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what the, what the kids are doing. <laughs> in their early years. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Shall we pick up our Advent reflection? Yeah. So this is uh, Father Mark Toop's Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. You still have time to pick up a copy through Generations or the Marian Gift Shop at St. Paul's in Westerville. Or I think you can also order online somewhere, maybe at your favorite online bookseller. Kids these days. Kids these days. <laughs> so today is Thursday of the first week of Advent. Cam? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father Mark writes, we all have needs. Fundamentally, each of us has a need to be loved. We each have a need for friendship, for intimacy, for being truly known and appreciated by others. We also have desires or wants. Our desires may or may not be fulfilled. They are not essential to our fulfillment. Since our needs are essential to our happiness, however, we will seek to have them met in some way. In the story of creation, God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. He made us human persons, male and female, to be in relationship with one another. Ultimately, though, no other human being can complete us or ultimately fulfill all of our needs. Because we have our origin and our destiny in God, only a relationship with God can fulfill us completely. As we discovered yesterday, Mary and Joseph authentically loved each other, which meant that each only wanted what God wanted for the other. Their love was pure, and they desired to will the good of another. Neither Mary nor Joseph grasped at each other, for they lived centered in God. The purity of their spousal love was illustrated in their freedom, knowing they could not completely fulfill each other's needs. This freedom allows Joseph to love Mary as her husband, while reverencing her virginity and her complete consecration to God. And this freedom allowed Mary to love Joseph as his wife, while tutoring Joseph as to how to go to God for the ultimate fulfillment of his needs. Our most painful disappointments tend to come from, come when we expect another person to provide what they cannot. If we expect another person to make us perfectly happy, we are destined to have them let us down. When we naturally desire others to love us, no human being can ultimately fulfill or complete us. 
Expecting this can lead to deep resentment and unhappiness in marriages and families. It can strain friendships and place an impossible burden on a relationship. It can also lead us grasping at material possessions or status in hopes that these would fill an ache within us. Mary knew where to go with her needs, and Joseph helped her to go there. Joseph knew to where to go with his needs, and Mary helped him to go there. This Advent can be different, for we will look deeper. Let us begin by asking, what do you need from God this Advent, and how can you help others with their needs? Amen. Our scripture passage today is from Psalm 63. We'll read verses 1 through 8. Amanda? O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry, weary land where no water is. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your merciful love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is feasting as with marrow and fat, and my mouth praises you with full, joyful lips. When I think of you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Mr. Clutter, your thoughts. I was thinking about that God-sized hole that is in everybody's heart, so they say. Um, and how often we try to like have other people fill that that void. I know in my life this has happened at certain points in in friendship and relationship and ultimately i think the reason the lord permits it is because it forces us in a way to rely on him not in like a not in like a dictator kind of way but like when when you have a bucket that you just can't fill at any other source than than is god then that keeps you coming back to him mm-hmm. People are things, right? I mean, right. Um, Money, especially you know, in, in such a uh, materialistic or consumerist culture. And, and a you know, yeah. If you're going to fill, ever try to fill that that hole, that need that we all have with anyone other than God, it's is or anyone or anything other than God, it's it's going to be disappointing. I was struck by the beginning of the reflection where it talks about fundamentally each of us has a need to be loved. And since our needs are essential to our happiness, um, I think what I was struck by is typically when you think of needs, you think of those basic physical needs, right? We all need food, water, shelter. 
And yet we're being reminded here that actually one of our needs, not just wants, is to be loved. And ultimately, we should find that fulfillment of love in God. And of course, um, that should come from others. Um, but ultimately, first and foremost, it, it's that relationship with our Lord. And then in connection with the psalm today, where he talks about my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry, weary land where there there is no water. And uh, just connecting these two, it made me think of, yeah, just like the body needs water, just how we, we yearn for it, especially when um, we're in a place like a desert or we haven't had water or access to it for a long time. There is a there's a need there, and just as our body needs that so much, so more so our soul is in need of, of God. And, and that's something I've been thinking more about this Advent, this idea of grasping. Where, where in my life do I need to examine, am I grasping at something of this world? And what's the root of that? And then how do I fulfill that with? replace that with something more healthy like our Lord. Mm. Yeah. I love this Psalm. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorites in this line too. your merciful love is better than life. When we were talking about finding fulfillment uh, apart from God, it, it's going to be disappointing, but that's not to say that we don't need human relationships. Right. Right. And, and these meditations are meant to draw us closer to the Holy family mm-hmm. and, and, and to look at how they found their fulfillment with God through each other. And, and that's where in, in certainly in our spousal relationships, but then also in, in good friendships in, um, uh, in community, when we when we find those people that are close to the Lord, who have developed these relationships, who share this thirst, then then you have just a healthy culture and a healthy community. So it's Christ living through them. I think you bring up a good point there too, because it's also recognizing the need that the other person has that God is calling me to fulfill in the need that he isn't calling me to fulfill. So for example, my, my wife, I love her to death. She does not need me to complete her, but she needs me to help get her to heaven where she will be complete. Mm, Yeah. And because it's God that completes her ultimately in that. Right. And so recognizing that distinction can help then to like change the way I approach um, you know, those, those moments where I can say, okay, am I the savior here? Am I the one who's going to fix all the problems or is the Lord the savior here? And I need to partner with him. So this is the part of our daily reflection where I put you guys on the spot for practical takeaways. <laughs> hmm. I think one takeaway for myself is, um, where it says neither Mary nor Joseph grasped at each other for they live centered in God. And 
I, you know, I, this was something that actually we addressed when I was a missionary with the Culture Project. We would talk to young people and remind them that you're, you're, you're actually not going to be fulfilled once you get married, right? This idea, you're not going to be ultimately fulfilled. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially young people, but anyone needs to be reminded of that. Um, this idea of, um, actually my ultimate fulfillment does reside in a relationship with our Lord. And if I'm looking to material things, I'm not going to be fulfilled. And I can't actually expect that of others and of that, that puts pressure on them. That is not due. And, um, yeah, so I'm taking away from, from this time of just this healthier idea of, you know, cause the purpose of, of marriage is to help each other get to heaven, right? Just like Cam was sharing, but neither of them grasped at each other, but each of them sought to be centered in our Lord. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Father. I humbly ask you to make this Advent my best ever. Help me to find you deep within. Teach me how to love as Mary and Joseph loved. Deacon Eric and Maggie Wright will be with us in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. Rory's an incredibly fit young man in training with the Marines. One of his comrades is flat out chubby. During training, they had to do 60 burpees in eight minutes. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a painful exercise. Marines were snickering at Rory's friend and he was about to give up. Rory got right in his face and shouted above all the other voices, you look at me, all you see is me, all you hear is my voice, you can do this. And he did. A week later, Rory's commander gave him the challenge. Everyone do 60 burpees in 8 minutes. Rory, you do 80 burpees in 6 minutes. At the end of his strength and unable to go on, his friend ran out of nowhere to his side. Rory, you look at me. You can do this. And he did. When life's exhausting you and negative voices cause self-doubt to creep in, Jesus is there at your side shouting at you. You listen to me. All you hear is me. All you see is me. You can do this. Listen to him, friends. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of prayerfulness is seen in St. Dominic. He lived prayerfulness heroically by giving his whole self to God in prayer. Dominic knew that our bodies can help us to pray. He often incorporated his body in prayer by kneeling, bowing, and raising his hands up to God. He expressed a wholehearted attentiveness in his posture and actions while he worshiped God. Let us ask St. Dominic to pray for us that we may grow in prayerfulness. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborne, and we welcome Deacon Eric and Maggie Wright into the cafe. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, 
Let's go back to 1990, shall we? <laughs> Paula Abdul <laughs> is on the house speakers, and your eyes met across the dance floor. No, that's something not like that. Not at all. Oh, no, all no, right. no, 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 wow. no, 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 no. Oh, I well. loved going out and dancing, and all of a sudden, somebody comes up behind me and pokes me in the back and says, "Hey, my friend over there wants to dance with you." And my response was, what's wrong with him? Does he not have a mouth? <laughs> of course, my girlfriend sitting next to me going, he looks like a dweeb. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll go dance with him. Wow. Yeah. And you were you were that dweeb. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Little did she know, I had feet like Fred Astaire. Ah, there you go. Swiped her, you know, just swept her right off her feet. No, he looked like he was praying. Yeah, thank God she was dancing with me. So... <laughs> But yeah, I was at a nightclub down in Florida. I was in the military, and, and yeah, uh, you know, we'd go out, and and uh, that's how we met. Yeah, at a dance club there in in the Fort Walton Beach area. Air Force. Air Force. Yeah. Thank Still, you for your service. Thank you. Still with them, actually. So mm-hmm. uh, civil servant. Though. Okay. So yeah, I mean, both of you grew up then in Florida. No, we grew no. up, but not, I didn't grow up in Florida. You I mean, grew up a, when you got to Ohio, <laughs> right? I, 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 yeah. I see the distinction. Yeah. I'm, I'm, orig- I'm originally from Ohio, up in the uh, okay. Canton area, yeah. up in Canton, and then yeah. military took me several different places, and and uh, one of them being Florida. So I mm-hmm. uh, spent 10 years there, and then we moved to Dayton, and then over to Newark 20-some years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my dad was a, a chief master sergeant in the Air Force, and I was actually born right outside of Columbus. And then we went to Turkey. I've been to six of the seven churches in Asia Minor, but I don't remember anything but Ephesus. Um, but yeah, and then my father got stationed in Florida, so um, I was there for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Who had the higher rank then, father-in-law or her, her dad? Did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah, I only did seven years. So okay, uh, they were going to send me remote, and we had Tony at the time, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to go by myself, so. I went ahead and yeah. got out at seven years. Okay. So you were married then while you were in Florida, started a family. Yeah. And then when did you come to Columbus? Uh, we came, went to Dayton in 98 to 2002 and yeah. then moved to Newark uh, in 2002. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we've yeah. been there since. All right. Yeah. Were both of you raised Catholic? I was. He was not. He I was, was not raised Catholic. Um, uh, we weren't really. We go to. I go to vacation Bible school once a year. That's it. You know? mm-hmm. So we would look forward to that. But after that, it was nah, nothing. Yeah. I mean, I always yeah. believed in God and Jesus, but no clue who they were except for you know vacation Bible school. They were they were fun, and I'd get you know <laughs> snacks and candy there. So at yeah. the local Christian church in Alliance. Yeah. 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 So faith was not something we had growing up. So how about you, Maggie? I, yeah. I mean, I you, was you born raised... and raised Catholic, yeah. but I'd fallen away from the faith. I was kind of. I had spotted myself as an atheist at the time that we got married. Never underestimate an 80-pound mother wielding a rosary and your heavenly mother because I really believe she prayed me back into the church. Mm. And she prayed for him, too. Your own mother, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we truly believe that she had a, a big part in this. It, it, she, she died of cancer, and the first day I walked back into an RCIA class. Um, I walked back into the church at, at St. Michael's in Eglin, and there was an old deacon there that you know, I'd known when I was growing up, and he says, oh, 
I know why you are here. And I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> you know, it was like really weird. And he said, you are here because your mother, and I had not seen this man in years, offered all her suffering on earth for your conversion and conversion of your brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah, that was big. That was big. So I really. That's incredible. It. it is. It is because it was, yeah, it was, it was her. I, I, I know it was her prayers. She may not have seen my conversion before she died, but she. But she was confident. Yeah. She had to have been confident that it would she happen. Was. Yeah. She was. At that moment when you were walking into the church, were you still a little hesitant or had you already firmly oh, decided? I was ex- no, no, no. I was extremely hesitant. The only okay. reason I had come was because a Jewish woman challenged me. Oh. And she said, because I said, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I was baptized Catholic, but, you know, I don't believe what they believe. And she said, but you, you, you made a commitment to raise your son Catholic. And I'm going, I didn't really mean it. You know, I lied to the priest (laughs) Mm -hmm. to make my mother happy. Um, And she said to me, she said, you know, I've read the entire catechism and I find nothing objectionable. Have you? And when she said that, I was like, oh, game on. You know, I was there to prove (laughs) that I I was going to learn everything I needed to. And then I was going to prove that I didn't need to be Catholic. Yeah, you were smart, that, yeah. smarter than that. Yeah, I was smarter wow. than that. It was like this, yeah, yeah. I knew what to get me. You know, I got a very cleric personality and I'm like, okay, game on. So, yeah. so, so you're walking in with kind of this game on attitude and yet the priest says, I know why you're here. It was and actually a deacon. A yeah. deacon. Yeah. And that must have really struck you hearing it that did. your mom had offered all your su- her it suffering. It did. Well, so here's funny. This is very funny because it puzzled me in a point that it brought me back to as she was passing away. Um, I remember there was a, a mirror um, from the, the closet there. And I remember looking in it and seeing the image of her and me sitting next to her. And it was, and and I remember telling God, you know, I don't believe that you exist, but I know that you exist for her. Mm. And that image of her just kind of really stuck with me. Um, it it really did. And I I I just you know, and as she passed away, I mean, you know, you 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 smell lilacs, and you're you're like, what is that? And so when when he said that, it just totally brought me back to that moment, mm. and thought, oh, you know. Wow, you know, it kind of ingrained in my mind. So did that start to change your disposition as you were walking yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Well, and God was smart. <laughs> I love the way the Lord works because what was it? It had to have been maybe three months after I had started that process that we ended up getting that surprise um, job in Dayton. I mean, out of the, out of nowhere. We just had a tornado that hit the house, and he gets this, this the first phone call that comes back when the phone comes on is somebody offering him a job to come to Dayton, and when we came to Dayton, I met this. Um, I, I went to the Catholic Church there, and I thought, well, I'm going to finish what I started. Was that like an RCIA program yeah. that you were in then? Okay. Yeah, and so I went to and be I confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I'd never been confirmed, just so y'all know. Yeah. you know, so um, and and I, you know, I was only there to prove I didn't need to be. there. So I went to see this this priest at the the local Catholic church, St. Peter's there, and his name was Father Victor Reese. Mm-hmm. 
love Father Victor Reese. And um, he's since passed away. God rest his soul. Um, And I said to him, I said, well, you know, I want to join your RCA class. He said, well, my RCA class has already started, so you're going to have to do makeup sessions. And I said, what? I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I've already done all these sessions, you know, in Eglin. And and let me tell you, they were pretty washed out. (laughs) They really were for a military church. Um, So he said, no, 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 you have to do sessions with me. And he kind of folded his arms, you know, and sat back and looked at me. And I'm like, you don't understand. The only reason I am here is to prove that I'm not going to become Catholic. I'm not becoming, you know, I'm not coming back to the church. I'm not going to be confirmed. I'm just here. I don't need to take your, and he was like, you're not going forward. Well, you have some stubbornness in you, right? I know. I know. So I remember coming home complaining to Eric about this old grouchy priest. But I did it. I did it. And it's the best thing I did because here's, here's the caveat of this story is that after I came back to the church, I have to tell you, he, he talked about John's, we went through John 6, and as soon as I realized what I had left, mm. because I had no clue. I, I was angry. I would have never left. I would have never left. And so then after I came back into the church, um, or at least got confirmed, he said to me, he said, do you want your husband to become Catholic? And I'm like, of course I do with all my heart, you know? He said, good. Then you get to shut your mouth. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, you don't understand. And he's going, no, 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 no. You get to shut your mouth. Well, what can I do? And he gave me a novena to St. Joseph. He says, you get up, you go to mass, you take your son to mass, you live your faith, and you pray this. Wow. And I did. I prayed that thing for what felt like for ever you know and i thought oh come on saint joseph my next child i will name after you you know it was two children later but because i didn't get a boy but um (laughs) i'm like come on lord you know and and i prayed it and prayed it and here it was the feast of saint joseph worker the worker he gets up from dinner and i mean eric had no interest and coming to church with me. No interest in any of that. And I said, where are you going? He said, well, Mark and I thought we'd go check out Father Victor Reese's uh, RCIA class. And I said, oh, okay. And he got up and he left. And I'm like doing cartwheels and (laughs) high-fiving my son and going, oh, my gosh, Lord, really? So St. Joseph is my man. I love him. I do. I just... The Wrights are here with us in the uh, cafe, Deacon Eric and Maggie, uh, hearing about their their uh, coming into uh, fully into the Catholic Church. So, <laughs> so out of the blue, brother, um, you said I'm going to start. Yeah, just it. We were at a soccer game, and and Tony played for uh, the church there, St. Peter's Church in Huber Heights, and. And Mark and I became really good friends. Who's His, Mark? Mark, uh, he's a uh, locksmith over in in uh, Huber Heights. Mm-hmm. His, they're about the same age as us, and he was married. Uh, his wife was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. and uh, he was not though. So, um, so him and I became good friends. And and um, at a soccer game, it's like you know, I'm thinking about you know going to RCIA, maybe looking into becoming as Catholic, a Catholic. And he says, Yeah, me too. I said, Let's take it together. You know, because it's easier if you go 
buddies, you know. So this was your initiative. This was something you were already thinking about. Because yes. Maggie was being quiet. But yeah, imagine that. Yes, she was. And she was. She'd go to mass, and I'd get up yeah. and go with her, you know. But I didn't fully understand everything, and you know, so I'd, I'd go periodically, and mm-hmm. then just fell in love with this little priest, you know, uh, Father Reese. Uh, yeah, I just fell in love with him, and and he. So we went, and it just felt good. It felt like I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. It, it is. Now, did I ever think I'd become Catholic? No. You know, I just kind of was going through life, and like you guys were talking about, you know, trying to find that void, you know, to fill that void, and nothing was working. You know, it could have yeah. been alcohol, smoking, whatever it was. But I was missing that. And this seemed to fill that. I didn't know how. I had no clue what was going on or where it was going. But I just did it, you know, just okay, this seems like the right thing to do. And then, yeah, uh, that Easter, we both, uh, I got baptized, confirmed all that at Easter Vigil. And and you didn't have the, kind of the, the hang-ups that a lot of people have coming into the church, I mean, from another faith mm-hmm. community. So you didn't no. have doctrinal issues no. or I had no problems clue. with Mary or... Nope. I was open yeah. to everything. I mean... You know, my, my religious background at that point, you was know. Was VBS. Well, yeah. And, well, the thing is, it, a good example of this is that Christmas time before her mom passed away, uh, God rest her soul. But she gave us all these T-shirts, like in 1993 <laughs> or 94. You know, and so they all have different, you know, sayings from the Bible. Mine had one. It said, I don't remember what psalm it was. It's the psalm, psalm that talks about, that about eagle's wings. from on yeah. eagle's wings. <laughs> We won't so um, <laughs> I looked at her and I said, what's a psalm? That's where I was yeah. in my faith in you know, 90, you know, 93, 94, that time frame somewhere yeah. there. So that's where I came from. So I was open to anything they were telling me, you know, but it made sense. The stuff they were telling me made sense. Yeah, she you got know. Tony a, a wooden rosary and he puts it around his neck and goes, what a lovely necklace, Grandma got you. And he's looking at me like, oh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> so I've, I've grown a little bit, so. Uh, but yeah, so stuff like you know, I was open. I didn't have mm-hmm. any preconceived ideas of what the Catholic faith was, and it just everything they were teaching us and telling us, just it was like a you know. What year? Up. What year did you come into the church then? Uh, two thousand one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You beat me by two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two thousand one. So then. The next. So then you guys come from Dayton or. To right. to Newark, right. mm-hmm. yeah. To St. Francis de Sales, yeah, yeah. Talk about your um, answering the call to the diaconate then, because that yeah. happened. What year? Uh, I first about two thousand nine, so about eight years after uh, I came into the church. Okay, um, just you know, I just. I'm all, I've always been a servant of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Air Force yes. or, or just even down, you know, on the streets, I see people need, so I'd stop and help them, whatever, you know, give them my last dollar if I had to. Um, so we were sitting around a fire. My son, uh, Father Stephen Smith also uh, was around that at the rectory and Father Bob was in the house somewhere. And I asked these two, two these two young men, I said, tell me about the diaconate. And they said, you would be great. Go talk to Father. 
that's all they said to me. And was it was he Father Smith at the time? No, no, he was no. a seminarian. He was seminarian. A, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was still young, still young in the seminary. Probably about yeah. three or four years in. The, okay. In the seminary. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. So they said, yeah, go talk to Father. And I went, you know, went inside and said, Hey, Father Bob, the diaconate. He says, great, we're signing you up for classes. Right now. I was like, wait a minute. Wait. Can you tell hold, me about yeah, it first? You know, I kind of had an idea because, you know, we had a deacon there, Deacon Steve and uh, Demers. And, you know, so, but yeah, he just said, well, great, we're signing you up for these prereqs. And, you know, uh, so for the you know, next 18 months, I'm taking two classes at a time every Saturday at the Josephinum. And, and uh, you know, st- and one of the first classes was the introduction to diaconate, which was very good with, hmm. with uh, uh, Deacon Frank Anarino. And uh, so that kind of introduced me to it, you know, and then, you know, kind of, you know, slowly uh, got to know what the diaconate was about and uh, pursued it. And, and then, uh, you know, we just, yeah, from there, just kind of kept going. So Deacon's full of surprises. I mean, mm-hmm. he surprised you by saying, I'm heading off to RCIA. Yeah. Did you see the diaconate coming? Um, it's funny because the day he told me he was going to take the the preliminary courses for the diaconate and he was thinking about it i thought i looked at him and i said okay that makes a lot of sense i mean they say grace builds on nature and eric has always loved and served you know before then so it was always very natural for him so when he said that i was like i see god's will in this you Mm. know it, it was just yeah it didn't and and there was a period where so he didn't move on for a while, and but he just kept doing what he always did, serving the church. I mean, even to the point that I think Father Sullivan would call you and go, hey, Eric, my trash can needs to go out, and I already went to Columbus, and he'd go do that. You know, I mean, it didn't matter. Eric was always – most women chase their husbands at bars. Mm. I always chased my husband at the church. Mm. I always knew where he was at. He was always at the church. So, so yeah, yeah, after after them prereqs, um, I didn't go into the the next class. Unfortunately, um, not because I had some challenges, some roadblocks mm-hmm. that that you know that happened during that time. Um, one of the big ones was 2014, August 31st, uh, Labor Day weekend. I had a heart attack, mm-hmm. um, and you know the recovery on that was pretty long. Um, but you know, it, so there was some stuff that went on there that just which led me not to go into that class. Were you, were you doubting the vocation? Or? Oh, no. no. I, I, I have never, at, all through formation, I mean, we even prayed beforehand, you know, God, if this is your will, let it happen. And never questioned why I didn't go into that class, that, that the class uh, before me, because uh, I was, you know, friends with all them guys and yeah. never questioned it and said, okay, well, I'll try for the next class. And, and uh, but yeah, I never doubted it because if, if it was God's will, you know, that's what I wanted to follow. And, and he removed, you know, all the roadblocks. So we, you know, all through formation, it was like, okay, you know, I'm continuing on. So, uh, and it's amazing. It's just amazing that, that 21 years later, 22 years later, or at that time it had been 19 years uh, yeah. that I, uh, I was ordained. Deacon Eric Wright and Maggie Wright from St. Francis de Sales in Newark are guests here in the cafe this morning. And Maggie, I mean, you mentioned if, if you didn't know where Eric was, you'd find him at, at St. Francis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's always there. But uh, the entire time you've been in Newark, 
uh, St. Francis de Sales has been kind of your foundation. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it has. Um, when it, It's funny because, like, I think it may have been three years before we actually moved to Newark. He kind of got, um, there was a job over this way that he was looking at. And I had met a lovely woman at the parish and kind of came over and looked at the parish and thought, oh, this is where I want to be. And it, and then later I got some doubt as I was praying my rosary and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, it just seems like the perfect place to be, this, this, this move does. So if it's not, let him walk in and have doubt. And up, up to that point, he had never had any doubt, you know. And he walked in and he says, I don't think we're supposed to go. And then, so for three we, three years we didn't go, and then three years later he got a different job offer. So, mm-hmm. and we came. But I just loved the parish. I love the people of the parish. It's a foundational. I mean, there, it's a generational church. Mm-hmm. Um, we have young, old. I mean, yeah, they're my people. <laughs> I love. I them. love it. I love them. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, for folks that aren't familiar with uh newark that area there's a number of churches right yeah. right in right in that area and it's almost kind of a, a christian hub <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. right around there and serving with um these other communities to the people that live in in those neighborhoods mm-hmm. has always been a real special part of uh the newark the wider newark community yeah so what year were you ordained? 2020, November 7th, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. We just passed our anniversary uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So. At yeah, St. Paul's? a month ago. Yes, we were at St. Yeah. Paul's. Yeah. Yeah, it's because of COVID and, you know, we had to separate, you know, whatever they deemed we had to do at that time. So uh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. And who else was in your class? Uh uh, Doug Iglesias. Yeah. Doug Iglesias. He's my uh, favorite deacon. Yeah. <laughs> and you said that on the radio. <laughs> yeah. I did. My, bro- my so brother Doug, deacons, I am so sorry. <laughs> they don't have a mute button close to me. Right now, so. Wow. <laughs> the, the, the Iglesias don't listen. So. Oh. <laughs> so that'll get a phone call real quick. <laughs> He'll be texting me. So uh, Christopher Walsh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Then, uh, Jim Elker. At St. Matthew's. Yes. Yeah. Jim Elker. Uh, and then Victor, I'm just going to call him Deacon Victor because he, for four years, he tried to teach me his last name and I still can't say it. <laughs> uh, so he's a great guy too. So he, he sat right in front of me. So he didn't steal bananas from me, but during class. Um, Deacon so, yeah. and then Maggie, you're on staff, right? At, yeah. at, at St. Yeah. Francis. So, now in 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 your ministries, I want to talk about how uh, you minister together. Uh, uh, obviously, um, knowing you, your family, uh, the domestic church has always been at the center. Yes. Of yeah. all of your, I'm doing air quotes, ministry activity. I mean, you, you guys pour yourselves into into your family, um, but then from there. You go into the parish community and then into the broader Columbus uh, or um, Newark uh, community. How, how do you do all this? Um, it's, 
was was our our life. You know, I mean, it, it just my my kids grew up with. You know, I mean, that's just where we spent our time. That's what we did. That's where our community was. That was. Um, they were always. Eric was always bringing them with him to go do something. You mm-hmm. know, scouts <laughs> um, is scouts, a scouts big scouts, out on yeah. the golf cart to serve the poor. You yeah, know, does that too? So. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I asked my kids when I got ordained, I said, is it weird, you know, seeing me up there as a deacon, you know, or hearing me preach or whatever? And they, they said, no, you've been doing it, you know, you've been serving for yeah. so long. I'm, all, you know, always doing something at church. It was just, it didn't seem weird to us. So, you know, so they, yeah, they, they were raised in the church and, and uh, you know, doing uh, mission work too because, uh, you know, we, yeah. we go out and shovel people's sidewalks, you know, at, around the neighborhood, 12 or 13 of them. And, and you don't take money for it. We go out and do it because that's what we're supposed to do. You don't. Yeah. Do you so, do any homes in Westerville? Uh, no. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would charge for that. One. He was trying. He was trying. Yeah, I know. He was, I know he was going. Yeah, that, so, yep, but yeah. Yep. So as far as both of us doing ministry there, we have two separate ministries. Really, you know, mine's uh, diaconate and, and serving, you know, outside mm-hmm. the church and mm-hmm. in, inside the church, but uh, mostly outside of the church and in the local community. Uh, and hers, you know, is, is um, you know, the finance and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the director so of finance. I don't ever get involved with finance because I, that is not my interest. I, you know, I, yeah, numbers, nope. 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 Just if I have a roof over my head and power and I can have a peanut butter sandwich, I'm good, you know, so I don't need to know anything else. So, um, but yeah, so we, you know, th- we have two different ministries there and uh, both are great ministries and. I like to go with him on the golf cart. That's yeah. great. Yeah, tell us about this oh, golf, cart. golf cart. We've we've mentioned it, and I know I've talked about it on air here yes. before. Um, five. So. It's it's been five years now, a little over five years. Mm-hmm. That um, what we do is we started out just going out. Uh, the two lovely ladies started going out during the day because uh, they worked right downtown, and they just started handing out water and sandwiches. First started with water and on hot days, and and uh, it kind of grew. And then I got involved about six months later and added the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and. We go out two or three times a week on a golf cart, just handing out to whoever whoever needed it. And now it's it's grown. Uh, we bought a golf cart um, four years ago, and our own for St. Francis, and it was the first for the diocese too. So, so it, you bought it specifically for this ministry. That's all it's for. Mm-hmm. Yes, wow. it's only for the golf cart ministry to go out and, and serve, you know, whoever in the community, but mostly homeless and, yep. and poor. You know, go down the road, go in a bike path, or go into the field where they're camping and say, hey. You guys need a water, want a you know, gourmet peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> you know, they're frozen. They love frozen sandwiches, especially in the summertime. It's like mm-hmm. a popsicle. Um, but, yeah, we uh, go out two or three times a week. Uh, still do it. You know, five years later, we're still going strong. And it's actually, you know, um, when we go out there, it's, it's more now, it's more of, of uh, fellowship. You know, I know a lot of them out He's there. so natural. Um I'll sit with him for hours, and she'll call me. Yeah. Are you coming home? <laughs> you know, yeah, and, uh, he's natural. At it. You know, so it, it's it's bringing for me. You know, they and they'll ask about the faith and stuff, but it's just being that witness for him. Just sitting there talking to him, show him that they they are loved because a lot of them don't feel that. A lot of yeah. people kind of just look away, and and uh, but they are human. And when I see him on the streets, if I don't want to stop, I'll be in my car also, and I'll have blessing bags that the church makes. Yeah wonderful ministry they do too for us um i'll drive by and be like 
I'll look at him and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to stop. But then I see Christ's face on him. It's like, man, <laughs> yep, I'm stopping. So, <laughs> and I'll stop and hand him a bag and, and, you know, tell him, you know, say hi to him. How you doing? You know, what can I do for you? And, and you know, it's, it's just, it's amazing how they light up when yeah. somebody shows them just a, a simple, hey, how you doing? Well, when I, there were a few guys down around uh, Holy Family mm-hmm. that I got, mm-hmm. I got to know a little bit. And uh, just saying their name. Yeah, yeah, they they can. I, I had heard somewhere that they can go because they're invisible to so many people, and they yes. can go for so long without actually hearing their own name. Right, right. Said and and I and I've noticed that that just that simple, you know, Joe, how you doing? Right, right. And a lot of people, yeah. you know, they're, they're they're worried about. It. They ask me, well, aren't you worried when you go out? Aren't you scared? You know, and it's like, you know, I don't think I ever was I mean I'm always on guard I watch you know what I'm doing and that and mm-hmm. but out of the five years we've had never had anybody disrespect us because mm-hmm. they know what we're out there for you know I, I'm out there to show them love show them that somebody does still care for me you know because a lot of them are alienated from their families uh, you know either by drugs or mental health or whatever and you know so it's just that five minutes I interact with them is probably the best thing they've had in, in a week They'll even come to the church and look for him. Yeah, they come to the church and look for him just to come and talk. Um, I've had several of them sit in my office for a couple hours just sitting here and we just, you know, just talking. Uh, Some of them haven't been in church in forever. You know, they said something about this place. When they came into the church, you know, into my office there right right, uh, off the church and just said, there's something about here. I just feel so comfortable, so warm. You know, and it, it's, uh, I know what it was. It was the Holy Spirit. I, I know exactly what it was, you know, yeah. and, and I tell them that. And they said, yeah, it's just, this is, I, I feel comfortable. I, then I'd take them into the church and we sit there in front of the tabernacle and I would explain, you know, some of the stuff. So very open, uh, just, yeah. So unfortunately, one of the guys that, that I did that with, uh, got to know him pretty well. He uh, you know, passed away from fentanyl overdose, but mm. but hopefully, yeah. you know, the grace of God that he's with God now so uh through you know just coming to the church and talking with me I hope it opened his heart more so beautiful ministry though the rights are with us uh Deacon Eric and Maggie um they serve at St. Francis de Sales in Newark so Deacon I mean so much of of your actual ministry you were doing before ordination um but now, as as an or, ordained deacon, what what's your uh, probably proclaiming the gospel, preaching homilies? I mean, those you weren't able to do before. Uh, yeah, what else has uh, kind of uh, changed for you? Uh, I can do baptisms, mm-hmm. uh, which is right, which right, is right. unbelievable. I mean, just bringing you know having that as a ministry and bringing somebody into the life of Christ, you know, into the church is just yeah. unbelievable. Any it, family baptisms? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. We have, well, we have seven children. Our oldest Tony is married to Jennifer. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, they gave us two beautiful grandchildren. I got to do both of them. Yay. Uh, that was, that was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's very, you know, for me, that was very emotional, you know, and, and each one of them are any of the baptisms. I, I just love doing that. His first one, he waterboarded the poor kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
she didn't she talk. wouldn't come near him no. for like a year. Full immersion? No, no, no. This oh, was okay. okay just, so just yeah. So like what a, happened? A I have, picture. Yeah, it was uh, a shell that Deacon Steve uh, Demers and, and his wife uh, got me for ordination. My first one, you know, you try to hit the crown. Well, I think she moved, or maybe I did. And instead of going, you know, down the, the back of her head, it went straight down her face, and it was a pretty fair amount. But fortunately. She, she was a year old. Mm-hmm. She has four older brothers and sisters. And, and dad looked at me and says, they do it to her all the time. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I felt horrible. And she wouldn't talk to me for like a year. You know, and now, now she comes up to me all the time. And, and uh, you know, so she's yeah, like four years old now. So uh, beautiful little young lady. So, but yeah, that was my first experience. From there, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so baptisms, um, yeah, marriage mentoring. You know, I get them started on marriage. I get to talk to them, you know, before the the couples get to uh, go down that road to start. Uh, it's all been a blessing. I, I think you know another one that I really, really love doing is be able to do processions, benediction, and then the processions. You know, carrying our Lord. I go up to Damascus, you know, pretty often because uh, they may have a, a sick priest or somebody or whatever. They just need somebody to do the the confirmation retreats for benediction, adoration and do the procession. I love to be able to bring our Lord, especially to young kids, you know, seven, eight, eighth graders that don't get close to the Lord, but they've had this experience at Damascus, this retreat, had this wonderful experience, and then they get to see the Lord up close in the monstrance and then receive that blessing from the Lord uh, through benediction and process uh, with them. It's an amazing experience, and it, it humbles me every time I do it. And, and I t- for me to be able to, you know, carry our Lord um, to them, is very humbling. Um, I don't don't ever take that for granted. Uh, it's 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 beautiful watching these young ladies, uh, young men, drawing closer to our Lord. And 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 you've done processions around the streets. Yes, mm-hmm. we uh, we do a March for Life right. procession down to the square. Yeah, uh, with Saint Francis, rain, snow. We uh, I think we've been through it all with the weather. So. Um, you know, and, and fortunately, we get to do a lot together, too. Maggie and I get to do a lot together through these ministries and, you know, even outside of it. Um, you know, we so it, the whole family is usually involved. Heck, our whole family is involved, you know, in fitness, too. You know, we all went to CrossFit. Uh, there's a CrossFit torsion there and, that we go to. We still go to it. We were just yeah, there Monday and Tuesday. We go to the geriatric class. <laughs> yeah, the geriatric <laughs> class is at 4 p.m., so we no. go to that one. But, but yeah, so it, it's a great family there, too, and, and, you know, and a lot of the prisoners, some of the several prisoners go there, too. But, you know, so being able to do that together, <laughs> our ministries uh, kind of combine, and, you know, she gets to go on a golf cart with me. We, mm-hmm. I don't know if fitness is a ministry. But. I love going on the, the golf cart. So back in 2020, you know, when everybody was using the hand sanitizers and the the masks and everything, he, w- he wouldn't let me. He was like, if you're going to come with me, you're going to come just as you because you're not going to offend anybody. If they put their hand out, you are going to shake their hand. Mm-hmm. If they need a hug, you're going to give them a hug. And then we'd go around the corner and he'd go, okay, here's the wipes, honey. Because <laughs> I, I was like a little freaked out by all of it. He was not well, at all. It, it wasn't. And, it, but, but he was like, no. You are going to give them their dignity. You're going to reach your hand out. You're gonna. They they don't need to see you hand sanitizing and wiping and yeah. and all of that. Well, it's like so Jesus with the lepers. You know, he went right in there. So and, and that's yeah. the way I I look at it. It's like Lord, I'm out here doing your will. You know what what happens happens. Now, you know I don't mm-hmm. I, I wasn't that stern. Beautiful. Like you're not going to 
to do it. You know, if you're comfortable, great. If you're not, that's fine too. And, and, but yeah, I'd give them a big old hug or whatever, a handshake. And, you know, I didn't think anything twice about it because yeah. I mean, we're out there doing, you know, God's work, you know, that's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. we're doing the Advent, uh, meditations with the Holy Family, uh, rejoiced by Father Mark Toops. Both of you have mentioned Our Lady and mm -hmm. Saint Joseph. Yes. Is there a devotion in in the right household oh, yes. to to the Holy Family? I've consecrated every single one of my children to Our Lady, um, and then my husband and my marriage to Our Lady. Um, very much so. Very much so. When it was the. Uh, um, novenas, novenas yes. to yes. us, to St. Joseph. Uh, Actually twice, because I did it again when he needed a job, like he was working contracting them. We were, it, it was not good when we were in, first came to Newark and for years we was, so I, I went back, I was like, okay, St. Joseph, you're my guy. So here, I'm going to pray this novena to St. Joseph. And it's funny, we went to EWTN and and Brother Leo is there, and I, I told him, I said, I, I promised St. Joseph a favor, and I'm not sure what to give him because my husband got the job with civil service, and I'm so, so thrilled. And so he gave me the um, a uh, flyer for St. Joseph Monastery, and that's how I met Mother Dolores down there. So, okay. Yeah. So I went down there and visited the sisters, and I was really hoping that they would move to the center of Columbus, but... Well, keep praying. South Carolina. No, they went to South Carolina. She's now the abbess at um, Hansville. So, yeah. Saint Joseph, I patron when, saint. Your patron. Absolutely, yes. yes. His patron. Saint Joseph, I have a devotion to him, and he didn't even know about my prayers. And when he told me that's who he picked, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> well, it awesome. made sense. I mean, it, it made sense. It yeah. did. I mean, it just it. Yeah, I mean, just everything that. You know, everything fell into place, really. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Looking back on it, it was like, yeah, God had his hand in this because mm -hmm. it wasn't me making any decisions because uh, I'm not that smart. Yeah. You know, I, I I rely on him a lot, actually. I, the Holy Spirit also, you know, guide me and, and uh, take me where you need me to be. And, <clears throat> you know, so every morning, you know, I, I pray, help me do your will, whatever it may be. So, uh, yeah. We have about uh, two and a half minutes left. Your prayers for this Advent season. How are you guys approaching it, and how are you making this Advent special? So for me, being able, uh, this year we're going down to uh, to Florida for Christmas, and yeah. uh, it's a very special reason. Usually I wouldn't do that because we have the, you know, the masses and stuff like that. But uh, for me, um, having a great Advent, preparing uh, for our Lord, but yeah. being able to see her family, her dad, uh, mm -hmm. he asked yeah. us all to come down and uh this year so yeah he's um, ill he's he's, he's, he's not well. doing real well and and you know so i'm just kind of reflecting on that the advent you know the the um, precious time that we have here you know uh how are we using it are we using it wisely and, and how you know, we should be using it so because mm -hmm. uh, we don't know you know never know when it's going to happen so yeah, we'll be called to our lord well, thank Family's you. It's been a yeah. big meditation. Yep. Well, thank you both. Uh, Deacon Eric Wright, Maggie Wright from St. Francis de Sales in Newark. Blessed to have you with us this morning. Blessed. Really be. enjoyed thank it. You. Thank it's been you. Fun. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Amen. We'll see you tomorrow at 8. Brother Kevin Cush from the Mercedarians will be with us. God bless.